This is an ABC podcast. G'day friends, it's Ruby here and this is news time. Hello there Ruby. Hi Ruby. Today we're going surfing and finding out why it can be a great way to learn new skills. We'll meet a teenager showing us why lawn bowls isn't just a sport for older people. And we'll visit a healthy food forest. Speaking of healthy things, after that we'll chat about World Health Day. And then it's our favourite part of the countdown... Wow of the Week. That's right. Let's get this show on the road. Story number five. On a day at the beach, there are lots of fun things to do. You can go for a swim or make a sandcastle. And if you can find a board to ride, you can go surfing. Use a surfboard, stand up on it. Dive top on a board and try and stay up on the waves. That's right. Surfing is a tricky skill to get the hang of. Learning how to do it takes hard work and practice. Just ask the kids on the south coast doing surf therapy. Usually, we think of therapy as something that happens indoors. But surf therapist Gabby Johnson reckons the ocean can be a great therapy room too. The kids she's helping all live with disabilities. And Gabby's goal is to encourage them to become more independent and more confident. Bringing therapy to the beach has helped her students and their families in lots of different ways. I think it would teach people how to balance, to not be afraid of getting back up. Precisely. Gabby says surf therapy can help in physical ways, like being able to balance and getting stronger, but it can also help in non-physical ways, like coping with big feelings and focusing on positive self-talk. That's when you say kind things about yourself to yourself. That you can do anything, just because you have a disability doesn't mean you can't do anything. Absolutely. A big lesson in surf therapy is resilience. That's the skill of bouncing back even if we feel disappointed. Gabby's students learn that sometimes wipeouts happen and when they do, you've just got to get back up on your board and try again. In life, it tells us to like keep trying even if something is hard. Spot on. Story number four. Lawn bowls is a game that looks easy, but is actually quite difficult. It takes patience and careful calculating. Have you ever given it a go? Um, you have to roll a ball and try and get as close to a white ball as you can, but you can't hit it. You have to have a bowling ball, but it's smaller, and you try and hit the other ball to the other side. Normally see old people bowling. Yep. Older people like bowls because it's a gentle game. It doesn't involve big movements like running or jumping, and you can do it while you chat to your friends. But there's a teenager who lives in Dubbo who reckons lawn bowls can be a young person's sport too. Cooper Dart is 14 years old, and that makes him the youngest lawn bowls player at his club. I didn't think that you could be so young to do it. You sure can. In fact, 
Cooper was only 10 the first time he played barefoot bowls. It was on a visit to see his grandpa in a city called Foster. When Cooper got home, he couldn't wait to play again. So he convinced his mum and dad to drive him to their nearest bowling club. And that was at Dubbo, nearly an hour away. Cooper's managed to convince his mum and dad that bowls is really fun. And now they play too. In their first year playing as a team, Cooper and his dad won the minor pair championships at Club Dubbo. Then Cooper was part of the New South Wales team and they won gold at the Australian schools competition. It turns out there are hundreds of kids who love lawn bowls. I guess you really can play at any age. By encouraging them that you can do it, it's not only for like older people. Where to go, Cooper? Story number three. We're staying in Dubbo for this next story, but heading away from the lawns and into a forest. This isn't just any forest either. It's a food forest. Wowee. The fancy way to describe this food forest is a syntropic farm. It's like a veggie patch grown under a forest canopy. It's a delicate ecosystem. And you can eat it. Apple. And some banana, and carrot, and oranges. It's not just about growing delicious, healthy food. It's also a way to show people in the community to learn how to live off the land. Families are learning how to do things like drive a ute on the farm. How to run a business. Exactly. The kids will sell the fruit and vegetables they grow at local shops and farmers markets, and that will teach them what it's like to operate a business. I think that it's inspiring for not just kids, but maybe like the whole world. That's the idea. They're great skills to have. And one day, hopefully, these young people will teach others in the community to do the same thing and pass on the lessons they learn. So cool. Story number two. We talk a lot about keeping our bodies and our minds healthy so that we can live long, happy lives. But what exactly is it that makes us healthy? Fruit and vegetables. Exercise. Water. Yep, they are definitely good things to do. But sometimes we can get sick even if we are doing all of those things. Make sure everybody has a doctor and if they have health issues, like, a place to go. That is very sensible. Unfortunately, not everybody can see a doctor when they're sick. In fact, almost one third of the people on planet Earth don't have access to doctors or nurses or other health services. Or the doctors where they live are too expensive and they can't afford to go. Because if it's really bad and there was no hospitals, the person could die. If they can't afford it, that's just not right. You're absolutely right. And that's why World Health Day is so important. It's a time to look at the different kinds of health issues that impact people in lots of places around the world. This year marks 75 years since the World Health Organisation was created. And this year, the theme is Health for All. 
1948, lots of countries came together and formed something called the World Health Organization, also known as the WHO, a group of people and countries that work together to improve the health of people all over the world. It's helped to make new medicines and vaccines to protect us from diseases and increased access to clean water in lots of countries. And the WHO is always sharing information to help keep everyone safe. World Health Day reminds us there's still a lot to be done to tackle health challenges. And it's also a time to reflect on the great work we've already done. And now it's that time, the story you've been waiting for. Wow the week. This story made me go wow because I didn't know a tree or a plant could sting you that bad. Do you know what a stinging tree is? They always have needles on them. They like sting you really bad. The thorns, they hit you and they're really sharp, so it would hurt a bit, like sort of being poked by a knife. Stinging trees are also known as gimpy gimpy plants. They have big green heart-shaped leaves and the leaves have tiny needle-like hairs. And those hairs are filled with toxins. So people who brush up against gimpy gimpy plants say it hurts more than anything they've ever felt. Yeah, that would hurt. Stinging trees belong to the dendrochnide tree family. They're found in rainforests along the east coast of Australia, between Cape York and southern New South Wales. But don't worry, you won't find them in your local park or playground. But recently, a woman named Naomi Lewis fell off her bike and landed in a stinging tree. She had to spend seven days in hospital. Sometimes her legs still hurt from it. No way, too painful. Doctors have been trying to figure out what the best thing to do is if someone does get stung by one of these nasty plants. In the spots where they're growing, there are signs warning bushwalkers to steer clear. One thing we definitely do know about what to do if you happen to get stung by a stinging tree... Tell an adult. Yes, straight away, exactly. And that's it for this week, my friends. Thanks, Ruby. Don't forget to do the quiz. You'll find it in the show notes. I'll catch you next time with five new stories. Bye. See you next time. Or, as they say in Russian, до свидания. Newstime is an ABC Kids Listen podcast. For other awesome podcasts to play, music to move to and stories and soundtracks for sleep, download the ABC Kids Listen app. It's free from your app store.